0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Power of White podcast with your host, Jeanette Collazo. This is a show about human error, about organizational behavior, critical thinking, and some other things that just, you know, arise when we talk about some of these topics. So today I want to talk about leadership. But I don't want to talk about leadership like it's written in the books. I want to talk about leadership and how I have experienced the differences between different type of bosses, okay? So I want to do a comparison because we read a lot about leadership and, you know, what's a leader, what is a boss, and and all of these you know, information, which is pretty interesting, but I do always like to land those planes. I don't want to just talk about theory or talk about, you know, you know, things that we read. I want to provide you with with real examples and with real life situations that I have myself experienced. So to start, I want to tell you about the story of Me with my bosses. When I started working, you know, very early when I was young, of course, my first job, especially in things related to what I, you know, went to school for, okay, I'm not going to talk about those jobs that you get when you're a teenager and all of that. I'm going to talk about professional environments and what happens when you start having your first experiences with different bosses, okay, because it's a different scenario and it comes with a professional expectation, not only from me you know, from the boss, but also the boss has certain expectations from me. So just to give you an idea and or examples, when I started working, I had, you know, the first boss. It was my first experience and it was a woman and she was amazing. I didn't have any type of experience. I was working in the government, in the Department of Labor. And I don't know if you know, but in Puerto Rico, if you work with the government, it's not, you know, something is not right with you and private companies are very careful about, you know, when they bring somebody from the government to a private, you know, organization. So, when I decided to go to the interview, I had to do a training. There were certain things that I needed to do to demonstrate the mastery of performance, and then I was selected. Now, she was amazing. She would coach me. She would make me feel like, you know, you have a lot of talent, you know, just, just basically enforcing and motivating That sense of self-confidence and exposing me to different experiences. I remember I was working, I was maybe two years at the, with that position, I was a training specialist. And I remember she actually delegated the succession planning program to me, which is a big thing because it's about developing people that are going to be, you know, taking these roles that are very critical and important if anything happened. If you had, you know, somebody leaves and it's a critical position, then you have somebody ready to take over that particular role. So for me, that was kind of maybe a little bit intimidating, but on the other hand, she trusted me. And that basically fueled my motivation to do things right, to make sure that I was doing my best because I felt like I owed that type of result to somebody that trusted me. So that was a great experience. And I learned a lot and I was exposed to many different scenarios and situations. And it, w- it was a great experience. So that gave me confidence to then continue to grow because I experienced that, that type of situation in which I didn't know how to do, you know, these succession planning projects or anything like that. She will coach me, but then I was the one responsible and I needed to have meetings with, you know, top management, which was kind of intimidating if you think about it. It's my first experience and it was not necessarily something that I had experienced before. But that type of exposure created something very strong in me in terms of saying, you know what, you can do this. You can actually keep growing. You can learn. And that also motivated me to self-educate and read and wanting to be better. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. When you have your employees, you want them to want to be better because whenever you have people that are good, they make you look good. And that's exactly what you want with your people, right? That there is that type of, you know, teamwork, if you will, and that everybody has an opportunity to look good within the organization and demonstrate that you are very good in what you do. Now, that was my first experience. <laughs> it didn't last that long. Why? Well, because she got promoted, and this is very interesting because she got promoted, and I stayed as an acting manager for a little while. I remember I didn't apply for the position because even though I knew that I could do it, I didn't feel like I had enough experience to put the si- the company in a situation where I might make mistakes and then something you know bad could happen. So it was more like, you know what, I think I'm not ready. I wish I was. So I was part of the process of interviewing my next boss, which was terrible because when to make a long story short, when we finally hired or selected my new boss. It was very bad. I had to do all of these things for her, explain a lot of things to her. It was another woman. And at some point I said, you know what? I was ready. And since I am ready, I'm going for it. So that's the moment in which I looked for another opportunity and I landed in my second experience. Now, from this point forward, I'm not going to give you order <laughs> of what happened when it happened because I don't want people to identify because I have very cool things to say about people, but I have others that are not going to be that nice. And that's that's life. That's, that's what we see in the organization. Not everything. It's lovey-dovey. There are things that especially bosses, need to hear to change. But then there's certain arrogance that comes from the boss role that does not allow them to grow and to be better, which is very sad. So in my next experience, I was selected as a manager because I was ready. And then I had a boss that, you know, I In this case, it was a very good experience because this boss told me, you know what? I'm not an expert. That's the reason why we hired you. You are the expert. So I'm going to give you space to do what you need to do. And I trust you. I trust you because that's the reason why we hire you. So that was a very good experience. And I had that that liberty. And of course, I would give status and I would, you know, present everything that I was doing just to make sure that everything was in order. So, you know, it's not that the person did not have information of what I was doing. It's just that I had that liberty to apply why I, what I know. And that was another very good experience. And actually in that experience, I remembered, you know, there were some regulatory issues in that company and the general manager at some point was very, very disappointed because we did a survey for culture, for organizational culture and employees were very vocal in saying that they did not feel you know, appreciated in the organization. And then I remember that general manager told me, you know what, that's fine. If that's what they feel or what they think, that's their perception. Now, that's a very arrogant thing to say because perception is reality for the ones that perceive it. And they had that perception. So if they are wrong, then you have to do something about it to change that thought and, you know, idea that, that the organization was doing that. Certainly, there was something wrong for people to feel like that. And maybe the general manager was right, but people needed to understand. So they, you know, could change their perception and perspective to a different one. So that was another experience. Then Now I had the most, and this was the most amazing experience because in the same organization, I was able to do a side-by-side comparison of two different bosses, okay? I had one first, and then I had another one, and it was pretty obvious, the difference. And I'm going to talk about this. There are different things that we need to discuss here. There is the concept of a leader, and I think we've, you know, I mentioned about this and there is the concept of the boss. It doesn't mean that bosses are bad or leaders are very good. It's just that the, the the way they approach certain situation is different. And one of them is more successful than the other. Okay, so let's talk about that. First, I had a leader as a boss. Okay, so that was pretty obvious because this person, you know, basically you you would see this person and you will... Feel the authority as opposed to fear the authority. Okay. Authority. So I, you, you would feel like this person has authority, but because it deserves authority, as opposed to this person has authority because I'm scared because of that panic management type of approach, which is very, very detrimental to the success of any organization. So the leader was you know, basically had authority, but responsible authority. The other one basically was, you know, you have to be scared of me. The other different was the respect that same fear, if you will, Res- respects come, come from within, comes from within. All right. I respect you or I don't respect you. And that's going to be directly proportional to what I value important and what I understand needs to be part of your quote unquote personality or style. If you will. So respect is something that feels good as opposed to fear that even though you might say, well, I respect, but you know, if, if fear is involved, that's not respect. That's basically to be scared. So that would, that, that was one of the, of the differences. Another difference was that this boss would coach me. Okay, you know, sometimes you, most of the times when you start in a new position in an organization, you have to learn certain things, and this boss will be coaching me. It would be. You know, saying, okay, this is what we need to do. Let's work with this together. And those type of and that type of approach. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're going to have aromatherapy and oh, my God, the leader, this is beautiful. And we feel so happy with all the flowers. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that the coaching was serious. I was learning as opposed to the other boss, which was very condescending. It's like, you know, it's, it's or you don't know how to do that. You know, do I have to explain that to you? You know, that's the difference between one or the other. Another thing is, and this one is a biggie, because when you trust your boss, then any type of request or any type of comment or feedback, you're gonna, you know, take it more seriously, as opposed to the other experience that I had in which, you know, the boss was micromanaging. And let me tell you something about micromanaging. I hate it. If you hired me because I'm an expert. Let me do my work. Let me do the job. Let me apply what I I know. But in this case, the micromanaging was so exponential that I almost left the job. Now, I said, you know what, I'm going to be smarter here. If this boss is a micromanager, then I'm going to give micro details. So when I decided to do that, I would send like 25 emails in a day and I would call like 10 times asking for stupid questions. If you really want to micromanage me, now you are going to micromanage me. And you know what? It got tired. I don't want to say the gender. (laughs) At some point, it got tired. And, you know, that was the end of the micromanaging thing. It was like, I hope Jeanette leaves me alone. And, And that's what I was going for. So I do have a lot of tricks. Another thing that I would do, is to send her an email. Well, I already said that it was a hair month, whatever. Send her an email and I would copy myself. So you know that when you start changing your mind, I'm documenting. Another thing that will happen with that particular experience was that we were requested to do these weekly updates and we needed to do that on Fridays, right? Now, the thing is that in order to do those weekly updates when you're in a top management position, you have to ask other people for information and you needed to to wait until the day was over at five or six, whatever, to be able to get that information. So that means that in that case, I would need to leave, go home, wait until eight approximately to get all that information so I could start putting together a report that I had to submit before midnight. Okay, so that was my Fridays. I was very happy. Yeah, I have to do all of this. And and it was not just me, my peers. We needed to do this over the phone. You know, it was, I I remember being at 1130 at night, you know, still finishing all nervous because this needs to go before midnight and all of that. And one thing that I noticed after a while was that I never got feedback on my reports. So the first thing I thought was, I don't think she's reading this. Here I am, sacrificing the time with my family, my friends, it's a Friday, everybody enjoys maybe to have dinner. No, here I am, doing a report because you want me to submit it before midnight, but you never get give me feedback. You know what I did? I decided that I was going to send an attachment with a blank document, nothing written in it. Now, I was prepared to say, well, oops, sorry, I sent you the wrong attachment, but you know what? It's been more than a decade, and I'm still waiting for her to say I got a blank attachment. So that means that all the time that I was sacrificing for months and months and months, she was not even reading it. And in that moment, you lose respect for your boss. And those are the kinds of things. Now, another thing that makes a difference between one or the other is association, right? It's very good that you make me feel part of the organization because that means that the, if the organization is successful, I will be successful. And the best way that this boss decided to do it was to give me stocks. So that way I was like, okay, I want the company to do well because I have stocks. I'm associated. I'm a, I'm I'm part of the organization as opposed to having this pressure to do well just because I might get a bad review. So there is a difference. I'm motivated to help the organization be successful because I would get something, you know, from it. As opposed to, I want to avoid pain, so I'm trying to be, you know, comply with things and it doesn't matter if I have to push somebody because I'm, I have to achieve this or it doesn't matter if I have to, you know, it's like one of those things that, that it doesn't matter what you have to do, you have to do it as opposed to, you want to be able to do what needs to be done to be successful and not just me. But the organization, and that's a difference. I can do whatever it takes to have a good evaluation, but then my organizational results are not up to par. Another thing that I learned about, you know, comparing boss with with leaders is the fact that leaders are brave and confident, as opposed to bosses, which are coward and arrogant. And let me explain, you know, it's, and I'm going to give you an example on myself. You know, I'm not scared, you know, if I have to provide certain feedback for my boss, because I know for a fact that this is better, a better idea than one, she, what she or he had. I'm not scared to say, you know what, I don't think your plan is working. I don't think it's going to work. And I, this is what I think. And this is my alternative. You never go with a problem. You always, you know, bring your solution with you when you're going to, talk about problems so I said I think we have a problem with this but this would be the solution now if you're a brave and confident boss you're gonna listen and maybe and it has happened to me. Then you will say, you know what? You're right. We're going with your plan, as opposed to a boss that would say, you know, this is what we're gonna do. I don't need to hear anything else. This was a decision. This is an executive decision, and this is this is what's gonna happen. So I'm not not, you know, I understand your concerns, but no, you know, we're we're moving forward with the plan that we had. These kind of of attitudes, what creates is, you know, first of all, the motivation to leave. You know, if I'm not providing value and if you're not listening to me and you don't want to learn from me because I do learn from you, but I would also want you to learn from me. That's why you have different professionals in the organization. You can't be a know-it-all, which is one of the things about the bosses. They really think that they know it all. And, you know, one of the things that happen is that, you know, you let very good Talent escape the organization. It's very important to make these two distinctions between us healthy leadership versus an unhealthy leadership or, you know, bossing around. And believe me, I've been in very good organizations. I have been in very obscure organizations or sinister organizations. So I have seen the differences, especially because that's what I do. I'm an industrial organizational psychologist and that's what I'm observing. I'm observing everything else, but I'm also looking at the leadership styles, communication processes, you know, participation of people, association of of people. So there are many variables that are part of a healthy organization besides results, because again, you can can have a lot of very good results and then you are going to have maybe 10 cadavers cadavers, I don't know, dead people, you know, in the process, as opposed to being successful and everybody enjoying that success, that makes a difference. And that makes the organization be more successful. So another thing about this is that a great boss or a great leader would be available as opposed to being exclusive. Sometimes, you know, I, and I remember this with this experience, my boss was, you know, I was training. You know, and training most of the times in organization is basically a glorified documentation specialist or secretaries. Just, you know, give me the paper and move on. I was not that type of training person. I was, I was very much involved in, in results in, in, you know, not just a paper to say, yes, you were trained. No, I wanted that to manifest on the floor and that people would be able to do what they needed to do the way that they needed to do it. And I was not, you know, I didn't feel as to that it was fair to be treated like that. But then she was always, you know, very good friends with the operations manager, with the engineering supply chain, all these people. But Jeanette, she's just training, whatever, you know, whatever. We just need to see, you know, the attendance and those kinds of things. So that was that was very bad. That was very bad because that created a, an environment that was exclusive. It was excluding me because I was not part of that club. And be careful because today, not long ago, I heard about a very bad situation that happened in one facility because somebody took a screenshot of a WhatsApp group from these quote-unquote management teams, and it was very bad what I read. And I remember that, you know, it was not a company that I work for or anything like that. I just, you know heard it through the grapevine because yes that's how we get to learn certain things and it was incredible the way that they were talking about some other people and laughing and making fun of things and all of those things and it was it was very disappointing because those are the kinds of things that is like you know what I don't respect you and and in different scenarios you see that type of environment which is very exclusive it's not inclusive it's very exclusive I was excluded from the club because I was not an engineer, because I was not in finance, because I was not in operations, even though they needed me for human error reduction. So as you see, and this is all also covered in the book, in the mission matters book that, that was recently released. I talk about followership. I talk about, you know, paying attention to people. It doesn't matter what level in the organization and, and giving the opportunity because people do have a lot to say. People do have a lot to share. And most of the time people are the ones that really have the answers. So basically what I wanted to share was that, it was, you know, the tale of two bosses, the tale of two experiences and how these things affect behavior and performance in the workplace, okay? So make sure... You are a leader that you, you know, you have that authority with respect and that you coach, you trust your people, you are brave and confident and that you learn from your people and also make yourself available. I think that that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Power of Why podcast. Remember to subscribe and share. You can also send us an email to thepowerofwhypodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com and you can find us in Facebook and Instagram. That's all for now. Thank you so much and take it away. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.